Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And on today's podcast, we'll be looking at the first 10 pages. We'll be recommending some uh, books to read and we'll be thinking about sketches. Mm. So that's uh, the order of the day. Yep. Um, why don't we start, Dave, by talking about uh, books based on an email we had sent? Yeah, we got an email from Jerry uh, Patton, Patton, and um, November 2016, so quite recent by our standards. Um, <laughs> Is that what it's from, November? Yeah. Oh, November the 13th, the 2016, oh, a mere man. four months yeah. or whatever. Um, so it's about a book which I had seen um, years ago um, called Now That's Funny. I've not seen it in this country. I remember seeing it in New York. Um, it's out of print I think yeah and it has interviewed some of the biggest names in British sitcom uh, I mean there's a massive massive list uh, Dennis Norden Spike Milligan Johnny Spake Colton Simpson Keith Wardhouse Barry Cryer etc etc up to Graham Linehan Arthur Matthews Richard Curtis Arabella Weir Carolina Hearn um, and it is a, it's, um, it's out of print as um, James says and it is, it is a, a great book um and I, if you can find it, it's called Now That's Funny, Writers on Writing Comedy by David Bradbury and Joe McGrath. And it was published by Matthew in 1998. Um, so, and Jerry has written also, he's asking for other, uh, j- j- just thoughts. Actually, he isn't asking for thoughts, but I thought we should mention anyway, uh, other books that we would uh, recommend uh, that you read about comedy, comedy writing. James, do you want to kick off with one or two? There were some books that I found very helpful that I read early on. Um, one was Conversations with My Agent by Rob Long. Mm-hmm. And very good book. he then wrote a follow-up to that called Set Up Joke, Set Up Joke. Yeah, both so, good. Yeah, Rob good. Long was... His first job was a staff writer on Cheers. And by the end, he'd worked his way up to being the showrunner of Cheers. And... Um, so he knows a thing or two about uh, sitcoms and he's done lots of other shows since. And so what's good about his books is it makes you feel like you're a writer. He's like letting you in on his world. And so when I was starting out and, and sort of wasn't a writer, I began to feel like one through reading mm. his his stuff. Which I had that feeling as well many years ago when I was um, thinking about being a writer and, and um, there, there weren't really that many books but the one the one book that everybody knew was by William Goldman it was called Adventures in the Screen Trade and I reckon that still holds up as a, as a good starting point yeah. to read about what it's, what it's like to be a writer yeah and also how they how a writer interacts with producers and actors and the fact that you know actors want to be producers and writers want to be directors and directors um, yeah. um, want to be God or something. Um, so, and, But that's very much within movies, um, but it is a really helpful book. And he also wrote a follow-up to that, um, and I've forgotten the name of it, yeah. More Adventures in the Screen Trade. Which Lie Did I Tell? That's the one, I yes. think was the, yes. subject, uh, was the yeah. follow-up, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of good industry overviews. Obviously, they're American, um, but that makes you... But that sort of just gives you a clue as to what are the political factors within writing uh, a show. Rob Long, incidentally, also does a podcast uh, called Martini Shot on KCRW. Mm. And you can get hold of that via iTunes. And it's four minutes long and it's every week. And it's just him in Hollywood. He's a writer and he's just sort of giving you one thought on one thing. And yeah. It's a very easy uh, and very pleasant listen. So I recommend that. 
Yeah, actually, uh, the American writer Jane Espenson, there's an occasional blog, she used to do a very regular blog about five, ten years ago, and it's still all up on uh, the internet if you put her name in. She's a very, very good writer, Buffy, um, The Vampire Slayer, Battlestar Galactica, I'm sure she's written lots of other things. Yep. Uh, that was her in her in her pomp five, ten years ago, brilliant comedy writer, lots of great insight. Um, going slightly left field, I would recommend, uh, everybody really, I should I recommend, should read uh, Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare, mm. an up-and-coming uh, comedy writer who I'm sure we'll be hearing more of in the years People to come. People don't want shows set on islands, or um, that's the Tempest, isn't it? Twelfth Night yeah. is set in... Uh, it's uh, well. There are there is an island. The, the title is very confusing. Which twelfth yeah. night is this? The is uh, were there eleven other nights that? Are, I don't think that's going to work. No, it's uh, right. You, you you mean it's like the twelfth in the series? That's yeah. right. Yeah. First like, one was called Night. Like Matt, yes. <coughs> and the second one was the second night. Yeah. The third night. <clears throat> but it's a great uh, play because it's great. There are several um, uh, great characters uh, in Twelfth uh, Night, and um, sort of comedy types that you just keep seeing in in your comedy shows. Um, and there is the, there's the um, comedy monster uh, Malvolio. Uh, interestingly, is being played by Tams and Greg in the West End, which is a show I would really like to see. Um, and um, there's normally played by a man, so that would be interesting to see what she does with that. Um, there's a double act, um, the one's fat and one's thin, to- uh, Sir Toby Belch and Sir Andrew Aguecheek, and you can tell by the names, I guess, who you think, who, who which is which, mm. which is Laurel and which is Hardy. Um, and so um, that's a very interesting couple. Then there's Feste, who is the, who is the, the, the jester, and is, in fact, probably one of the sort of least funny characters in it, but he's kind of, he's a bit smart. He's a bit of a smart-ass, really. Mm. Um, and he kind of knows what's going on, and he's also, he's a little bit Marvin the paranoid android, I'd say, really. Um, you know, his his knowledge is um, makes him a bit sad. Mm. So, um, great, great comedy characters, and, and great to remember that everything that we write, um, we think we're being incredibly original, but... Um, Usually Shakespeare got there first. Well, and actually, your your other advice of books to read is often um, Poetics by Aristotle. That's right, yeah. yeah. So you could do a lot worse. It's it's free, uh, which is many uh, aspiring writers' favourite price point. It's on the internet, <laughs> and it's only about 80 pages yeah. long. Uh, it, well, in fact, you don't even re- need to read the whole 80 pages because uh, part one is comedy and part two is tragedy. Right. You don't even need to read the tragedy bit. Well, so go. it's less than uh, so that's sort of 40 pages. It's basically the book that tells you, that tells us for the first time that every story has a, a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. Um, but it says that in a uh, in an interesting way and it tells us how characters <laughs> develop and grow. And it tells you that for a lot cheaper than Robert McKee will tell well, you yes, in exactly. his astonishingly expensive paperback. And in a lot less time and as well. And in a lot less time. I think. Um, having said that, I have read Robert McKee's story and it is, it's very useful. Yeah. Um, so that's worth it. Yep. Although the paperback, is that 15 quid or something? Utterly yep. ridiculous. Well, it's, uh, it's probably, that's uh, 15 pounds in uh, cost and weight, I would say, as well. Yeah. It's a very, but also, very but thick But you can go to his, his seminars and yeah. it's 500 quid. So yep. uh, the book's pretty cheap when it comes down yep. to it. There are, so there are lots of other books. I mean, there is also, um, obviously, the books that we mention a lot, which are our own books, Dave's How to Be Averagely Successful uh, in Comedy, and my book called Writing That Sitcom. 
So there are there are books around. There are some probably more American books than British books. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, two, two uh, more. Sorry, oh, I'll just on. quickly mention by uh, there's uh, Logan Murray's book about uh, how to become a, a, a stand-up. Uh, he's a very good teacher of stand-up, and that's a useful book whether or not you want to be a stand-up. It's a good good book for uh, learning how to how to get your jokes out there and Sally Holloway's Serious Guide to Joke Writing which is actually a book specifically about writing jokes has got some very good tips in that too yeah and I think going back to uh, comedians um, again I get most of my stuff now through through podcasts actually and Stuart Goldsmith's Comedians Comedian oh, yes. is brilliant mm-hmm. and that gives you a real insight into um, not just stage performance but where comedy comes from and how people make comedy work for them and, and their persona, um, so there's that, and then also there's obviously um, Script Notes, uh, which is a um, with John August and Craig Mays, and if you don't listen to that already, um, then you want to get hold of that and listen to all 270 yeah, episodes yeah. or whatever they're on at the moment. And um, Which brings us on neatly mm. to, um, they have a three-page challenge, which is their, right. um, uh, which is their way of uh, getting people to send in scripts and they talk about them. Um, but we have nicked that and called it the first ten pages. We've paid homage to it. We've I paid think, homage yeah. to it, yeah. um, to a format that is impossible to own, and um, asked people to send in the dim distant past our scripts. So mm-hmm. scripts uh, for us to read for the first ten pages, which is usually you know the the critical bit um, of of any new uh, sitcom script. And we've got one of those to talk about. We have, have we got anything else to talk about before we move on to that? No, we'll go straight on to that. It's called we- Ten Pink. It's by Stephen Quick. And uh, James, do you want to? Uh, yes, I can summarise that. This? If you want to find it, it is up on. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page, you can look for Sitcom Geeks on Facebook. There'll be a link to take you to a page where all of the scripts that we talk about are put up. So, Temping is about uh, a guy called Josh who wants to be a sports journalist, um, but his life is not turning out that way. He's clearly trained for this job, but can't get a job. The first thing he does is meet a girl who he obviously likes very much called Laura, uh, who is with a man who is obviously someone who he doesn't like and thinks isn't good enough for uh, this lovely Laura. And um, they talk for a few pages and they're they're off to court for some reason because Ollie has clearly done something that's not terribly well explained, but maybe we're not meant to know. Um, I think she's and she's the ex girlfriend and she's um, yes, so yeah, there's an, yeah, she's um, and she's with this idiot. Uh, not very nice person. Yes. yes uh, and on. then um, scene two, he goes to the job centre. So he gives the impression that he's writing for the Guardian, but it's not. It's the Warrington Guardian. And actually, yeah. he's not even writing for the Warrington Guardian because he's going into the um, uh, going into the job centre. And here there is a, a long scene with Julie, who is in the job centre, who is clearly not suit, not really ideally suited to work in a job centre because she offers him um, sort of, uh, you know, Offers him false hope on a variety of things and getting him to fill stuff in, and um, so that's the so those are the two scenes at the start mm-hmm. um, of this first ten pages. It is uh, yes, and it's uh, I enjoyed it, but it's, uh, it, it is a bit slow paced. And uh, my 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 main note for this uh, um, show is it, it needs a needs a rocket up its backside. I think uh, just to it need it needs. Uh, um, just, just, it, it needs to be uh, bigger and and bolder, I think, mm. and uh, that way, it, I think it'll become a lot, lot funnier. I mean, it is funny; it's gentle and yeah. funny. Um, 
his. Uh, it, well, the, what's good about it in that sense is it's clear what the show is. Yeah. So I intention I did not read the synopsis on the first page before I read the script. Right. And it was clear from the script yeah. who the show is about mm-hmm. and what they're trying to do. Yeah. And it was very comprehensible and readable and easy to understand. Yeah. So, so that that's a plus. But sometimes, but you can normally do that a lot faster than you think yeah. you can. Hence, I agree with the uh, with the rocket note. Yeah, and uh, in this in this uh, opening scene, as James mentioned, he's a, he's about to go into the job centre, and the successful ex girlfriend walks by. Um, scene that very much reminded me of. Um, scenes in uh, Peep Show, the early episodes of Peep Show when uh, Jeff, um, the the, the arsehole Jeff character who seems to get on very well with uh, the the character that um, um, Mark is after is the Olivia Coleman mm. uh, Sophie. She Sophie. Sophie. She's mm. Sophie, that's right. I was just trying to remember her name. Um, and she usually ends up with Jeff, but obviously has a soft spot for Mark, but Jeff is uh, unpleasant and seems to win a lot. Um, So uh, it felt a little bit too familiar to me to that. It needed something a little bit more than that. Um, And what I felt was, though, and so he goes into the job centre and there there hasn't really been a sort of plot yet or a plot twist and the, the, my feeling about Josh the main character he's, he's just a little bit too uh, reactive he's mm. not he, he, he's not proactive enough or, or he needs to be the least proactive person in the world yeah. that's what I mean about sort of sticking a rocket up it yeah. you know just take your, char- take your character and invariably when we're starting out and we're writing characters and we've been told to write what we know we write about ourselves not that I know that Stephen Quick is a 20 something person who wants to be a journalist but um, I certainly when I was a journalist uh, before I did uh, comedy I was writing sitcoms about somebody who's a journalist who wants to be a writer so um that's um i i i think there is you know it, it when you are doing something remember you uh, it doesn't have to be true it just has to be have the sort of believability about it and i thought that's what i liked with the the uh character the woman in the job center she was a little bit quirky uh quite unusual um but she was she was believable she's someone who obviously is not you know is bored in the job that she's doing and, yeah. and would rather be doing something else and there's a she sort- does her, her speeches are very long though they yeah. are very long it is it's, it's this should be this could all have fitted fitted into like four or five pages i think uh rather than the 10 but also in that scene josh is is reactive yeah because he's saying i worked at a law firm for three years and then you know they're trying to fill in this form which doesn't really seem to have that many consequences at the moment that, mm. so um so yeah, so that well, what I like about the show is that it does identify a very common thing now is that people are being given graduate training yeah. um, to do stuff that for which there are not enough jobs. Yeah, and therefore I think Josh needs to be either angrier about that mm-hmm. and more proactive, or more bitter about it, or he sort of needs. Yeah. And I and I wonder also if 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 you were able to cut this these ten pages. Um, down to five, which I think you could do fairly easily. Um, I it would be nice to see him do the thing that he wants to do. He he sh- it feels like if you want to be a budding sports journalist, he should be on the touchline mm. of a um, you know uh, Ryman's League uh, football match, 
and treating it like it's a premiership match and trying to really um, you know, investigate the characters and tell the story or, or something. He should be, I think, even he would know that if you want this sort of job as a sports journalist, you sort of have to go out and do it and make it happen. Mm. Or he so, could be in a pub and uh, there's a, like just the, the darts match is going on yeah. by him and he, he, he turns it into a, uh, something more than just two blokes in their lunch hour. Yeah playing darts badly so at the moment he feels like a bit of a drifter as Mm. in someone who's been slightly shortchanged by life he has this thing he wants to do but he can't see a way of actually doing it so maybe it says more about me than than anyone else that I find this character slightly frustrating Mm. Um, but my my main reason is they're frustrating to me as a sitcom reader because he's not proactive enough yeah Um, he needs to sort of Agreed. He needs to do something, even if that something is obviously the wrong thing. In fact, it yeah. almost certainly should be should the wrong be, yes, thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he should try and um, mm-hmm. blag his way into the local premiership press place. Mm. Yeah. And we kind of want to see that. Um, mm. We want to sh- see, rather than it just being a show, because at the moment it kind of feels mm. like peep show or phone shop or something. Yeah. And if he's got that thing that he wants to do, we should sort of maybe get more of a taste of that. Yeah. That's a personal opinion. I think that's a very valid, very valid point. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks very much for that, Stephen. Thank um, you, Stephen. I do think it's worth pursuing, but I think you just need to, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, stick a rocket um, in it and I think you've make got it something bigger. Yeah. Make it bigger. Um, which takes us on to um, our other main item of business, which is looking at sketches. And um, this is something that... Um, Dave has been thinking about recently. He's got a couple of sketches in particular in mind yeah, that think, are worth thinking mm, about. Well, firstly, why, why is it worth thinking about sketches, given that this is about sitcoms, this is a podcast about sitcoms? Well, we've, talk, we've talked before about how uh, a sketch is often like a, a two-minute scene in, in, from a sitcom. And what, what you want to happen in your scene uh, in your sitcom is, is kind of the same, pretty similar to what you want to happen in a sketch. You want to... You, you, you're, um, obviously you, you, you've got a narrative running through so your scene starts um, bearing in mind all the narrative that's mm. already happened but your scene has to start in a kind of normal place in your act one as the poetics would say um, and then something big has to happen a big, your big sort of what if moment mm. and, some, uh, and switches the action and, then, and the consequence of that action is then what happens uh, in in the scene that sort of drives that the, the characters are driving the narrative of that scene. So to um, use the example of our background noise, for example, which is mm. is a very windy day here in uh, Dave's office, and the wind is outside and not inside. I'm pleased to say, mm-hmm. but for example, your character in a sitcom has decided that they have to go and hang out the washing. Uh, what you know, the complication mm. is okay. They're going to go hang out the washing. Okay, what goes wrong? Uh, what's the twist? It's now suddenly a very windy day, yeah. and it's going to be very difficult to hang it on the line. And it, you know, and then what happens? It goes into next door's garden, and they have so. to go and get it back. You know, what's mm. what is it? And then the, the next scene is what's what's the ne- why? Why Arrested does the neighbour for being yeah. having been breaking an entry? Well, why the does the neighbour not want to give that stuff back today? Yeah. What is it that's happening? You know? yeah, so, yeah. but each of these little scenes are sketches. Um, that where someone's trying to do something or there's an idea and it's and it's being thwarted and we see it play out. Yeah, and that's that. That's one of the reasons why. But also, I did think, and uh, I, I 
something that I've sort of been scared of doing until recently, which is which is to actually sort of analyse specific uh, scenes or specific jokes, um, because um, I'd always believed the the, the joke uh, that um, analysing comedy is like dissecting a frog. Nobody laughs and the frog dies, <laughs> which was a which is a famous uh, quotation. And uh, but actually. Um, I, I started to think, and someone else had mentioned this on, on Twitter as well, that actually if, if something is a really strong idea and it works really well, it's worth analysing, it's worth seeing, why is this so strong, what is it about this thing that has made it work so well and what can we take from that. So I just basically fairly randomly picked out a couple of ideas of things that I knew that I liked, sketches, um, and uh, just thought that um, I'd like to... Just, just look at them in a bit of detail. Um, so you can, so it might be worthwhile finding them on YouTube and watching them. Yeah. If you've not seen them beforehand, which one do you want to start with? Well, I'll start with um, this sketch, which um, if you put Mitchell and Webb Vectrom, you will a sketch will come up, which you may or may not know. Uh, it's a great, great sketch for quite a long sketch actually. It's uh, four minutes. Four, isn't it? four minutes long, which is which. Uh, well, in in. Two Ronnie's days, that would be like half a sketch. You know, the four candles sketch is about seven minutes yes. long. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, uh, you know, you are, most sketches are kind of two minutes, two to three minutes mm. a maximum. But this is four minutes long. It's like a big uh, sort of sci-fi uh, show, but it's not. It's it's it's, it's about the, these these various. Uh, Characters who uh, it sets up a, a world. So it, it, it's 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 okay that it's a bit long this one because it it sets up a whole world. This uh, this kind of or some intergalactic thing. We're either on a on a spaceship or we're on a weird planet and uh, sort of a hint of Flash Gordon about yeah. it or something. Uh, isn't a there? little bit of Star Trek in mm. there as well. And these characters and uh, Mitchell and Webb are uh, they they. Brought, David Mitchell is very much the sort of the Vectron leader, and they, um, the various characters come in and say, uh, oh, "We are, what, what news of our galactic endeavor? Our, our endeavor proceeds as if Vectron himself were were helping. All, bla- all praise Vectron, and they all praise Vectron. They all punch themselves on the chest and praise Vectron, and and then someone says, "In the name of Vectron, I ask for further mandates to pursue whatever the uh, yes in Vectron's name. You go ahead, you'd go off and do that. And they they go away. Lots and of this. uses of the term Vectron. Yeah, yeah. for Vectron, for mm. Vectron, and they all." Let's say you know, punch each other and mm. then all smile, and then meanwhile, the character Robert uh, Webb is uh, is is playing. He's slightly uneasy, and then um, we get in kind of about fifty seconds into the sketch, fifty three seconds mm. in, and there's just Mitchell and Webb left there, and, and uh, Robert Webb says, oh, "So." Um, uh, who is Vectron? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is a great... So I'm slightly like, nervous, yeah. like, I, I'm yeah. not aware yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I was, I was ill. I was off work the other day, and I, I came back. I was off on Thursday, and I came back on Friday, and suddenly everybody's talking about Vectron. <laughs> it's about three weeks ago. Yeah. And David Mitchell, no, Vectron. Vectron has always been there. He is eternal. He is everything. He's yeah. been with us always, forever. Um, and... Uh, Gradually, there's a sort of doubt comes in, and there's a sort of extra, there's a sort of little throwaway thing here. These sort of galactic characters, they're all called things like Pete and Steve. And yeah. get Steve back, Steve. <laughs> uh, who came up with Vectron? Uh, oh, I don't know, I can't, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Jeff, I think it was Jeff. Jeff, get Jeff back. Oh, oh, I think there were some oh. scrolls or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, scrolls, or I might, I might have said Plectrum or something. <laughs> and so, 
and 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 they all kind of think actually yeah we must have, yeah oh God, I don't know I don't know how it came about okay well let's stop we think Plectrum sounds like the most yeah. reasonable and therefore therefore that's it so, so we'll stop talking about Vectron then because so we're in, made up we're in this uh, the, the the consequence of the uh, of what Robert McKee would call the inciting incident which. Um, was uh, who is Vectron? Yes. Suddenly, that uh, all confidence in where this came yeah. from is shaken. Yeah. And so the next minute, minute and a half or so, <clears throat> lots of very funny jokes of actually nobody knows where Vectron came from. It's not a real thing actually at all. And those, those, they, they all stop saying Vectron. And there's this silence of about fifteen, twenty seconds, which is incredibly bold for a, mm. uh, a comedy show to have that amount of silence they're all standing there nobody's saying anything and uh, uh, eventually um, David Mitchell character who says oh well life seems a bit empty now Vectron <laughs> Vectron <laughs> <laughs> and it's a oh yeah it's, it's a great you know it's just a crazy idea, and now even the the character who was responsible for there being no Vectron starts to feel a bit guilty about it. Yeah, I miss, the, Ve- I miss, yeah, I miss Vectron actually, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, let's let's well. Let's, let, let's try and get Vectron back into our lives a little bit. Yeah, yeah, let's, uh, for Vectron, yeah. And there's a sort of, and they, they gradually G each other all back into it. Yeah. And that's, so this is the point at which there's a, the, 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 the twist to uh, this, this sketch is that actually having realised he doesn't exist, they now sort of feel they have mm. to create him. Uh, and I guess we could say this could be a very deep uh, analysis, and we could just say this is actually how you know some people might say, well, this is how religions, yeah. some religions start, or how some political movements start. It's like so you need to believe in something. Yeah. We need to believe in something, even if something that we know doesn't necessarily exist. And so, hey, yes, they were going, wonderful for Vectron, for Vectron, and, then, <laughs> and the order is restored, and we're back at the beginning, and that's a nice little twist, and we get out. That's a great little punchline at the end there. That um, they need, we need, we need this thing, yeah. whether or not we think we need it. So I, that, I, I like that. I think it's a kind of, in term, in terms of how to write a sketch, yeah. it's kind of almost as like as perfect uh, of, the, of the form, wouldn't you say? It's a really good one. I think the reason it is surprising how. It's a very simple observation, and yet the sketch lasts four minutes, and it mm. is funny the whole time. Yeah. Um, and the part of that is, as you said, it took fifty seconds to set the sketch up, except the setup also feels funny. Yeah. Because they're not trying to complicate it. All they're trying to do establish in that first fifty mm. seconds is they're all saying Vectron a lot, <laughs> and it's sort of not entirely clear <laughs> is Vectron a god or how is this god mm. embodied or, but they're they're sort of they're they're sort of overdoing it. Mm. Um, in a in a really nicely judged way, you wouldn't you wouldn't know when you're first watching it that um, that's necessarily going to be the oh who is Vectron? You just yes. it, it feels then, familiar. Yes. It feels then, yeah, so it feels like this is a world that we sort of know, but it's a little yeah. bit over the top. And then about sort of forty five seconds in, there's a kind of we see we we notice that Rob Webb's character hasn't really said anything, <laughs> yeah. and so there's a moment where he just sort of and then. He doesn't quite join doesn't in quite with the join chest in. thumping. And then yeah. you almost know what he's about to say before he said it, because yeah. he sort of basically questions point, it. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole thing starts to unravel from there. Mm, mm. Um, but also what's brilliant is, he's not just saying, I think Vectron's a little rubbish, or I think we're overdoing it. Mm. That very specific, I was away because <laughs> I was ill, and before mm. that no one mentioned well, I missed Vectron. the meeting. I missed the meeting. <laughs> yeah. And now you're... And it's like, oh, right. And... 
they've been going on about it so much that they don't really remember the no. time when it wasn't. But it just sort of really unravels at perfect pace. Mm. Um, so it's just a, yeah, it's it's and the, the, there are so many other jokes they probably could do but don't do. They just stick with that one simple idea. That's yeah. the thing that we always or I always hammer with sketches. It, mm. It's one idea expressed simply, and although it then develops, mm. that they now they sort of realise that this vectoral character is slightly built on sand, and so they abandon it. But then they feel sad that they've abandoned it, and then they sort of decide to go on kidding themselves. So actually, it kind of there are more ideas there developing mm. than you would necessarily need in one and that's, sketch. That's a great thing. Although it's four minutes long, as soon as you get to the point where they get Vectron back again, they are really a few seconds and they're out of the sketch. So, great. It's a lovely sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to quickly look at one, one other sketch? Yeah, we're looking... The only... Uh, the, the, uh, yep, the sketch. Uh, the other sketch that I wanted to look at was the uh, very first um, "Only Gay in the Village" uh, sketch from uh, Little Britain, uh, which has um, actually has a sort of pre-sketch, as a lot of them often do. The uh, Tom Baker voiceover. Um, it's just a quickie opening, a very silly knob gag. Never underestimate the power of a silly knob gag. By the way, <laughs> I think they're very they're very useful, uh, and that's gets a great big laugh. Sets up the sketch. And the sketch opens, and then we're in a pub, and uh, Daffid, as I found out, Daffid Thomas is his name, in fact, it turns out, uh, it's Matt Lucas sitting out in the pub in an over-the-top, ridiculous, uh, gay-looking shirt, a big laugh, a nice big visual laugh, uh, and we haven't even started the sketch yet. Um, and he's just saying, oh, I feel really upset, and the barmaid says, oh, why are you upset? Well, I'm upset because I'm, I'm the only gay in the village, and no laugh at this point, by the way, because it's not a thing yet. This is the first yes. version of it. You, this, is, this is a thing that, you know, would say you never know what's going to become a catchphrase, what's going to take off. And um, obviously they use the phrase a few times in the sketch, but um, the way that that's became such a massive catchphrase is is not necessarily obvious at this point. So the barmaid says, oh, well, there's good news, actually. We've got uh, someone taken in a lodger from Cardiff, and he's gay. And um, this is the first point, this is possibly the first uh, sort of the inciting incident moment. It's like, um, you'd think that you expect him to be really pleased. Oh, there's another gay. And you suddenly see him kind of bristle yeah, on the idea that the there's problem. another gay person yeah. and that's so there's our first twist uh and yeah, yeah and that that yeah. moment of oh yeah. this is not the sort of character that i thought it was yeah exactly exactly so that's immediately that takes it to another place and so he's thinking oh uh actually um, and we get at this point pretty much he's he wants to be the only gay in the village he doesn't want anyone else uh to be like to 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 be individual like he thinks he is um and so pretty pretty quickly after that uh this character who's just moved into the village comes into the pub uh and it's as you might expect david Williams mm-hmm. in full David Williams mincing yeah. mode, you know, as he uh, does. In a slightly so, questionable Welsh accent, yes. let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Um, but that doesn't matter. No, uh, we we kind of accept that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he comes sort of mincing to the bar in his version of a comedy gay man. Uh, and immediately Daffy uh, takes a dislike to him 
says you're not really gay, and uh, I bet you don't know who uh, the the lead uh, who, who plays Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, everyone knows Judy Garland. You know who's the gay person? You know, are you being served? So it's like when we're getting a sense that he, even though he. Th- He's saying he's gay. He he's actually seems to be less gay than anyone else, really, uh, and so he really annoys David Williams' character. And David Williams leaves, and the barman uh, bar lady barmaid berates him uh, for not not uh, taking up this chance. Uh, you could have had a bit of cock there, she says in a uh, again very big laugh uh, at this a blunt, point. A blunt line, but a very blunt funny line, one. Yeah. yeah, and so. Um, the twist, and, and it, this, I don't think it's quite as sort of perfect a sketch in the way that yes, the, the ending isn't is quite as It's strong, a little bit yeah. of a, uh, it's um, a thing that often happens, I've said before, with people when they're writing sketches, that the, the, the twist uh, at the end of Act Two often tends to be uh, the funniest the funniest joke of Act Two, rather yes. than something that really does actually take the sketch to another place. And he sort of, he gets angry with her being cross with him and says, oh, you're just being homophobic, which is a sort of twist. It's a little yeah, bit weak. it'll do. It'll do, and he's such a brilliant performer, him storming out, it's yeah. all fine but in but his it, tiny shorts yeah. yes <laughs> and it's a great so but it but it's a great sketch because it's uh what i really like about the sketch is it, it's very character driven yeah. and they're great all the characters there's a lot of thought has gone in the characters the barmaid is a well thought through character um and the, the david williams yeah. character is he's not there for very long but he's there long enough to to establish the kind of person that he is and the character that Matt Lucas is playing, this sort of, uh, and again, it's not about the fact that he's gay; it's about something else, isn't yes, it? It's about attention seeking. Yeah, yeah. yes. He's uh, he, what, what, and and you know, be careful what you wish for. I suppose as well is another yeah. Because uh, it's not because it, actually the the sketch is not a a new idea in the sense mm. that there was the Corky and the Juice Pig song, "I'm the Only Gay Eskimo so in My you, Tribe." Yes, yeah, yeah. But actually. Yeah. Cosmetically, the sketch looks the same, but as the mm. sketch unravels, you discover yeah. that he's appropriated this so that he can get pity for being the only gay in the village. Yeah. And when somebody who has genuinely accepted that lifestyle shows interest, he sort of, you know, it's, yeah. so is it. And all, and the, my point is that all happens in about two and a half minutes, mm. and that is to go from literally nothing mm. to through those things and then at the end yeah. shows you what is possible in two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So when we're having a, a go at our first ten pages saying not very much happens here, could it be more, could it happen faster, you look at a sketch and see how fast that moves yeah. and how fast it's possible with real characters, not just cartoony ones, um, that you, you can actually establish a lot, move a long way yeah. and do jokes all along the way. Sketch writing is a brilliant discipline to do, and it's and and you can really tell people who've started there because their their sitcoms just move so much faster. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. And those sketches they're probably what three or four pages long. Yeah, and so we're asking for when we ask for ten pages, we're asking for Vectron and Only Gay in the Village absolutely. and two Something pages else. to spare. Yeah, so absolutely. Not we're we're just asking for the moon on a stick. Well, except if you want to write sitcoms. That's what you have to do, yeah. Um, because you're competing with Matt Lucas and David Williams, mm. and David Mitchell and Rob Webb, yeah, and oh, all of the and Bain um, and yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and Andy Riley and Kevin Cecil yeah. and everybody. Um, 
So, so having thoroughly depressed you. Well, no, it's hard. It, <laughs> it's the reality. That's, that's that is true. the reality. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to offer people um, mm. a, a sort of rose-tinted view of what the industry is like when it is yeah. hard. But if you get it right, it is just it is it is divine. It's wonderful. Yeah. It mm-hmm. surpasses um, absolutely everything. Yeah. Great. Well, okay. um, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks very much for listening. If you have a question for Dave and I, uh, do get in touch by email, sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, at Dave or at sitcomgeek. And uh, like us on Facebook and leave a comment. Um, also, you could maybe leave us a review on iTunes. Mm. That would be a nice thing for you to do. And, Especially uh, if it's a very nice review. If it's a nice review, well. it's a poor review, then leave it somewhere where no one's yeah. going to find it. Um, maybe why don't you suggest to a friend that they listen to this podcast too maybe send a link to someone to say hey I thought you might enjoy this that's our best attempt at trying to expand the listener base of this show we really haven't thought that through but uh, anyway thanks uh, for listening and speak to you next time goodbye goodbye